Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Grand Hour Blitz right here on Apple Podcasts, Block Talk Radio, and as well as on TuneIn, Google Cast, Player FM, and Indie Rap Radio, Wednesdays, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, episode 272. We are going to have a great show today. In the house, we have Wayne Valdo of WNFC and uh, Wayne's World of Women's Football on Facebook, and we're going to be talking uh, WNFC Week 5. We're also going to dive into WFA Week 5. LFL week three, which is Denver versus LA. And then we're going to be talking international news and notes from everywhere, from Mexico, Canada, Guam, and over in Europe as well as the German league kicks off the season as well. So a lot of action happening overseas in Sweden, the clash of horrible black Knights against the Orlando jets. We'll be talking about that. Uh, the Brazilian championship week two kicks off as well. And this weekend, it's going to be Curitiba Silverhawks taking on Curitiba Lions. We'll have that as well in, ter- in terms of scoping it out. And uh, in about a week or so, about two weeks here, uh, Spain, May 25th, LNFA Femenina coming up for the championship on the Spanish Bowl. And then we will have LFB Championship in Cancun as well. So we'll have Wayne here in a couple minutes to dissect. We will not have the um, Hall of Famers, Luis Bean, Holly Custis, or uh, Troy Wilson in the house, or Mackenzie Brooks this week, but we should have them back soon. Uh, as all of them are pretty much in season in the WNFC and the WFA, and uh, Troy's kind of backed up on his work uh, covering up his shifts and stuff. So uh, at this point, it's going to be myself solo today uh, with Wayne dissecting the WNFC at this point. Um, if you haven't gone to the Hub, go to the Hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties. Get everything there uh, that's happening in the world of women's American football, whether it be full kit or legend style. And our network is pretty big now. So we have uh, over uh, 12 years going forward, almost 11 years, and we've done a great job so far. And we're networking with everybody. Um, today, specifically, Tercer Cuarto, if you missed it on our Facebook page at the Hub, uh, Tercer Cuarto has uh, Andrea Romero, uh, the all-world running back, from the uh, IFAB Women's World Championship Mexico bronze winning team. That's on uh, Tercer Cuarto at 5 p.m. So you can get the replay there at the hub as well. And we also had a special feature out there uh, in Mexico on Echel Rubio, who is the uh, founder of FX Mexico and great season that they're having right now. We will dissect also FX Mexico in Mexico as well. So a lot of news to talk about. Don't forget 21,000 strong. We're heading out to almost 25,000. That's our goal on all our social platforms. So on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Snapchat. 
So check it out. If you, whatever you prefer on your platform, check us out there. The No Joke Football uh, brand is also on Facebook. So you can go to facebook.com for slash No Joke Football. Mother's Day specials at Zazzle.com. Zazzle has been our sponsor for almost uh, six years running and helping us out with our platform and giving us the exposure and awareness and willingness to support us. And so go to Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties up to 20% 20 off, or you can take uh, advantage of all the Mother's Day specials. You can also subscribe to Zazzle Black for about $10, and you're able to get free shipping in the U.S. So it's a great deal. So don't forget, go to Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Check it out. Use daily codes and save big. So let's go into uh, the huddle here, and we're going to bring in the informative uh, Wayne Valdo, and we'll bring him in here. Hi, uh, Wayne. How you doing? Hey, Oscar. How you doing this evening? Doing great. Uh, thanks for making the time. Really appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm new to this, so please be patient with me, but I'm really excited to be part of your show and uh, uh, really just kind of getting my feet wet in this. Oh, no problem. Um, just it's more more like bar talk. Just uh, two friends at a bar. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> Absolutely. Treat it that way. We'll Absolutely. get. Absolutely, I agree. All right, sounds great. All right. Um, so Wayne, uh, this WNFC, we had we had the hype prior to that, right? January through March. We're live in here, five weeks in. Uh, pretty exciting games. You get to you get to watch games on live stream on WNFC TV. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on for Dell, Adidas, all the stuff happening here. And um, it's been pretty exciting for five weeks. Absolutely. It's really starting to take off Oscar. um, um, Odell or or Odessa Jenkins has just done an amazing job promoting this and and getting backers behind it. Um, I think this is definitely uh, the league that's going to be what the future is all about. Um, with the TV deal and uh, hopefully getting the NFL to come behind us at, at some point. Um, she's got a five-year plan, which uh, I think she's, she's presented to some very uh, influential people that um, are looking definitely at, at, at hopefully getting that backing behind the WNFC and making it something of a reality to where we'll just have, um, you know, a, a nice, good competitive league with a lot of the, the best teams in it. So we're, we're, that's what we're kind of striving for. One thing I want to say up right up front too is, um, me personally, I'm not affiliated with anybody from the WNFC. Uh, my daughter actually plays for the Texas Elite Spartans, so that's how I kind of got into this um, to just kind of cover uh, the WNFC, get the the word out, uh, do what I can to kind of help the uh, the league uh, as far as uh, marketing and, and getting the word out to different uh, places to kind of get uh, that fan base built up. Yeah, I mean, it takes a, a lot, uh, but you know what? We we were skeptical. I think everybody's skeptical because we've seen this before, right, Wayne? Uh, if you've covered women's uh, American football here in the States, we've seen it uh, where leagues rise and leagues fall. It's like one season Absolutely. to the next, uh, teams, teams shift, and then they, they – you know, change leagues and all this stuff happens during the off seasons. I've been covering it since 2009. So it's kind of been the same cycle basically. Absolutely. And, you know, actually I, my wife was involved with the, um, the Dallas diamonds back in the day. Uh, she played in uh, 2006, 2007 for the championship uh, teams for the diamonds. Um, and, and it's kind of funny how my, my daughter got into it is, we still knew some people that played um, on the Texas elite Spartans. Um, and my daughter is a um, college soccer player. So they asked her if she would come out and kick because they needed a kicker 
Um, so she came out and, um, you know, in practice, she's booting 45 yard field goals. So um, I was really excited for her to get back into it. I, I wasn't sure if she was wanting to do it or not, but uh, as they say, you know, we live vicariously through our kids um, and that's what yep. I'm doing right now with my daughter. So I'm enjoying every minute of it. Um, just having a fantastic time. We're getting ready to, to go up to Nebraska next week and, and, and play the, the Nighthawks who are, are a team that's, getting better every game that they come out. They're really starting to show some, some good progress in their program there. But um, talking about the playoffs, um, I'm just very excited about what's going to happen here in the WNFC. Um, if you read my little um, informational uh, information on my, on my uh, women, uh, Wayne's world football, um, I've kind of got the four teams that I think that are going to make it. Uh, but there are a couple of teams that are still kind of vying for that last spot. Uh, but of the teams that are going to make it, you're going to see some fantastic, fantastic football, which I'm really excited to to showcase that to the uh, to the country as far as what the WNFC has to offer. There's uh, there was, you know, the clash of the best of the West was probably the marquee matchup out of the whole season, and sort of a downer in a way because we weren't going to expect. The, the Falcons to be the same, but it didn't happen that way. We already know the Spartans are somewhat loaded with all-stars. It's kind of just, you go down the roster, they got a lot of talented individuals on both sides of the ball. So that was kind of like, I would say uh, somewhat of a letdown in a way because it was a big clash matchup, but it didn't live up to, to the billing at this point. But we're looking at maybe Atlanta, uh, Texas elite, really maybe being that matchup that we were expecting with maybe with Utah because Atlanta's played pretty decent. I just don't know if anybody's got the capabilities to keep up with the fundamentally sound and speed that the Spartans have. And and I agree with you, Oscar, there. One thing about that, that Utah Falcons game and the Spartan game, um, it was a pretty good game, or I said pretty close game at halftime. I believe the score was like uh, 20 to 12 or right around in that area. Uh, Falcons made some key turnovers in that second half, and, and basically that's what kind of let the game get away. Um, yeah. Falcons don't have that, that passing offense to really kind of come back um, uh, as far as that option offense that they run. So that definitely hurt them as far as being able to, to make it a competitive game there towards the end. But I got to say, when I was out there and I was out there on the sidelines, um, the score definitely did not uh, do justice as far as the hard hitting of that game. That was a very hard hit game. Uh, a lot of great uh, defensive stops. Uh, just, just very, very yeah, hard no, hitting. Yeah, I, I was really impressed. I, saw, with. I watched the game, and I mean, I w- I'm not saying that it wasn't competitive. That's not what I'm saying. Right. What I'm saying is like it wasn't as intense as we thought it was going to be. Sort of what yeah, you I'm saw sure the West. Okay. Yeah, we were kind of waiting to see it come down to that last series or something like that. Now, on the other hand, I've watched Atlanta Phoenix play a couple times, and honestly, in my personal opinion, I would put Atlanta pretty close to the Spartans as far as what they can do on the field. Um, they have some great running backs. Um, they've got a great quarterback. Um, their defense is very sound. Um, and, and that game, I think, is even going to be a bigger game than the Utah game was, just for the fact that that one is going to be toe-to-toe. They run a similar uh, uh, offense that, than, than, that the Spartans run. 
um, as well as their defense is very, very sound. So um, that one, as I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating, is going to be a very, very uh, high-intensity battle for the Atlantic Conference Championship because, of course, whoever wins that is definitely going to be the number one seed in the Atlantic Conference. Yeah, the, the surprise team for me and my Cinderella team has been Nebraska. And I, I, the only reason I say that is because every single week they've been able to improve on their, you know, on their uh, weekly status. You know, take away uh, uh, the matchup against the uh, Spartans, which was something, you know, it's gonna, we knew it was going to be a little lopsided. Uh, but they did hold them to, you know, roughly almost 30 points, so it's pretty impressive there. But, you know, they go through, and Houston, Houston's got issues basically all over the place. I mean, on both sides. Um, they haven't been to click yet. Uh, this is kind of an equal footing here. But at the same time, I think Nebraska's kind of got tested against Texas various times. Uh, Houston has not been able to kind of succumb or even put up a really good showing against uh, the elite. But Nebraska did put some somewhat of a good showing. So this is a good sign for them. It's uh, going up against maybe them again uh, at, a, at this point. And it's going to show them where they're at in terms of gauge. Um, the other teams, I think the bottom five, or I mean the bottom six through uh, 14 or seven through 14, I really think they need another year, and then they are, their programs are probably going to elevate a lot, a lot better. Totally agree with you on that, um, and I agree with wholeheartedly with uh, the, the comments you make about Nebraska. Um, it seems like every time they come out, they're they're learning, they're they're putting new plays in, they're expanding, um, you know, what they've done from the first week. The one thing about Nebraska, though, that that's kind of a a, a downer for them. And, and I guess it's depends on the way you look at it is they've got Texas and Utah coming up their last two games of the season. Um, so, which is going to be very difficult for them. Uh, but it's, it's going to give them a lot of good experience to get good quality players. And you only get better based on the teams that you play the way I look at it. So I still think Nebraska, uh, it's going to make the playoffs. They'll probably be the fourth seed. Um, so the, again, they'll end up probably playing either Texas or um, Atlanta, uh, but they are right there. I think uh, a year experience, this, this year experience that they've gotten in the WNFC is, has really shown that they could be a team that's going to be very competitive in this league. Yeah, I mean, they got a lot of talent there. Uh, a lot of talent from the previous uh, IWFL players, some WFA players, uh, some LFL players that converted over to full kit this year. So there's, there's a lot of talent there on that squad. They're very talented. Yeah, so I, I, it, it's a good a good gauge at the fact that they got to uh, I mean the strength of schedule for them is really like you said it's going to be key for them t- for the next year even if even if they don't make up the playoffs as an example because they've already were tested against you know some top four teams which is really good right right and definitely I believe that um, and again they're 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 only going to get better with time as they've shown over these these first five weeks that um I was really surprised that Houston um, didn't give them as good a game as I thought they were going to give. Like I said, I think Houston just has kind of faltered in a little ways. Um, and again, giving uh, credit to Houston, their first two games of the season were against the Spartans. So it's kind of tough to come out and, and take those punches from the Spartans um, and, and keep your momentum or any kind of momentum that you possibly could have going. Um, it's, it's kind of a, a downer to, to start off with the Spartans in the first two. So I got to give them credit for coming out and doing that and playing hard in those two games, but they have faltered. Um, another side on, on the Pacific side, um, that's really become a very interesting race on the Pacific side. 
you got three, all four of the top teams have got one loss. Um, Seattle was very impressive in the uh, San Diego surge win this last week. I was really uh, impressed with their defense and the way that they were getting those turnovers at key points in the game. Um, so really, I think the Pacific could be anybody's game right now. Of course, Utah, I think everybody thinks that they are the best in the Pacific, but I think Seattle has something to say about that, as well as San Diego. I don't think San Diego um, is getting enough credit. They, got, they did get beat by Seattle. They've got a great quarterback in Guidry. Um, but I think coming into this next week, I'm looking for San Diego to beat Seattle in San Diego this week, which is going to make a big impact as far as that playoff picture goes as well. Well, as you look at the next week, uh, six, seven, and eight, if you really think about that, um, six, seven, six and primarily eight, uh, San Diego has to rebound just to stay in that top three. And if they, you right. know, Seattle did not um, disappoint me in a way because defensively they've been stout all season. Offensively, they've struggled to put points on the board, you know, in, in big numbers. Uh, but they did mm-hmm. contain, which, you know, they sealed up the uh, surge passing game. They cut down on the running game completely, shut down the running game, so forced them to be one-dimensional. I really think that's what happened to San Diego. They just they sort of got behind, and then they decided, hey, we're going to pass, and then they cut the pass off, then decided, hey, we're probably going to have to run, and then the clock was – so they, they had, like, two intangibles there that they just not couldn't overcome, and Seattle's defense kind of sustained the whole game, so it really just nailed it down. And so, yeah, to your point, the surge really needs this win more so than anything because – if if the Majestics do go on the road here and beat Seattle, now we're talking a serious run for them in the top four. I agree. They've, they've won three straight. Um, they beat Las Vegas, beat uh, Los Angeles um, at home, um, and then they beat San Diego at home as well. So, again, now they got to go on the road. And that first game that they played on the road, they lost to the Bobcats 7-6. to six. So um, we'll see if going on the road makes a difference in the way they play. Um, and, and, you know, with Seattle, like you said, they haven't scored a lot of points, but when you've got a defense that's only given up, you know, six, seven, and ten points in, in three of the four games that they've played, um, you don't have to score a lot of points. you just got to make sure you've got enough, more than enough to, uh, you know, than your, than your opponent. Uh, so uh, we'll see how that plays out. I think that's going to be a very exciting game to watch this week with a, uh, a big prize on the line for the team that wins that as far as getting a nice seed in the Pacific uh, Pacific Division uh, playoffs. Yeah, and the rankings. I mean, that's a boost for them too in the rankings because that's going to put them up. Like I said, top six, top five. Really, the storyline mm-hmm. would be there. Um, and Seattle. I mean, uh, McCarron out there. Uh, it, time management's a key for him. Once he gets ahead, he literally starts to kill the, the clock. And if you're starting to slide and not not converting, it starts. You know, there's two enemies then at that point. It's yourself and then the time of possession. And all he has to do is kind of, like you said, to have the defense hold down as much as they can. So um, Utah taking on the Hippies. Pretty impressive uh, that they put up a score again. So the Hippies have, have put up a score, I think, two weeks in a row now. Uh, the disappointment, I think, would be the Pumas for me right now. I just think they would come out a lot better. They haven't shown it yet. Um, but at this point, they did get the win against the Hippies. I think these two programs really – uh, have to look themselves in the mirror, and and you know one year later I think they'll be a lot better than they are today, and uh, impressive for me. Uh, I think New Orleans does have talent. They just haven't put something together yet in that area, but they do 
have that talent. Um, the Pumas have struggled similar to Vegas in a way. They've kind of like get ahead and then they can't sustain a lead and they give up a lot of points offensively. So they're, they're giving up, they're putting up enough points to where they get ahead, but then they're giving up the same amount of points. So it's kind of like they're defeating themselves. Agreed. And, and um, in the Pumas games, I've definitely seen that they have the potential and that's one of the teams that I've put as definitely has a shot of getting into that, that last playoff spot, but they've got two games coming up with the Alabama fire. Um, their next two games are going to be against Alabama and that's going to be key for them right there. They have got to come away um, with at least one win out of that. Um, if they could get two wins out of it, it will definitely put them in the driver's seat. Uh, but they have to be able to, to win a game against Alabama, uh, which I think is going to be a pretty competitive battle. I think both of those teams are, are pretty much about the same level. I would probably give Alabama uh, the edge on that. Uh, but uh, Pumas have a good running game, um, struggling a little bit in the passing game. Um, I think if they kind of nail that down, um, they're going to be somebody to be reckoned with as far as uh, uh, in the playoffs in the future. Hippies uh, are definitely a, a learning team. Uh, they're definitely uh, – every game, again, that they play, they're, they're getting some good experience, um, probably a couple of years away from, from being in, the, in that competitive mode. Uh, because they're giving up a whole lot of points on their defensive side. But uh, I was happy to see that they did score against North Florida last week. Um, so that's definitely a positive note for them. So we'll just kind of see where they, where they take that and go with it uh, in the future games. All right. So the big class this weekend, um, it's, it's going to be uh, Alabama-Atlanta. It's the rematch of week one where it was 27-0, Atlanta taking care of business. Uh, it's, uh, I think Wayne – this is more of a must-win for Alabama than it is for ATL because ATL, even if they lose here for, for whatever reason, they're still going to be somewhat in contention. So Alabama really is – this is the game for them. And, it, and it's a big rivalry game too, which, which may, has a big impact um, on, on the, the level of engagement for the teams. Um, of course, Atlanta uh, playing out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia – uh, Alabama fires playing out of Birmingham. So they're not that far apart. So there is some, some rivalry there. Um, again, looking at Atlanta, I'm just really, really impressed with them. It's, it's a team that kind of scares me um, as far as what they can do in, in every aspect of the game. Um, Alabama's got a good team. I don't think they're going to be able to hang with the um, Atlanta Phoenix just because uh, – like I said, their quarterback has got a great passing arm. They've got a couple of great running backs. Their receivers have great hands. Um, I just don't see how you can combat that uh, man-to-man um, and, and beat an Atlanta team. But um, Alabama's got everything uh, to lose here as far as uh, if they lose the game, it's going to put them in a predicament that they they have to win the following two games against North Florida because they have uh, North Florida in week uh, seven and, and nine. Um, and, again, that's going to be key to who makes the playoffs. Um, so we'll see. How yeah, those goes. are those, those are winnable games based on Alabama's capabilities. So against Atlanta, I could I give you that. Against the Pumas, they're probably a little notch above the Pumas. And so I agree. That, those I agree. are the other two are probably winnable games for them. But they do have to be contested here. And this is the big matchup. If they can throw, you know, a big a, a big team like the ATL and bring them down, they've beaten them before. They've beaten them in the WFA where the upset was the six to zero for four and a half quarters in overtime. So it's not like they're strangers to this team. They know each other very well. So, right. uh, yeah, Atlanta, 
really is going to be tested the week after. So this is kind of a tune-up game, as you're, as you're kind of like alluding to here, Wayne. This is a tune-up game for Atlanta to kind of fine-tune their skills because then they get the big gorilla, which is Spartans. Yeah, and like I said, that's just going to be an amazing game. If you know, if you whoever's out there, if you've got any time at all, and you can tune in that game, it's going to be a knockdown, dragout battle. Um, luckily for us, it's going to be here in Texas, so we don't have to travel. So hopefully, that gives us a little bit of an advantage. Uh, but again, I think they can stand toe to toe with the Spartans. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, want to hype that up as much as I can, and uh, just get everybody to watch it, just to kind of showcase what the WNFC has to offer. And it's a, it's a great product. You know, it's, uh, it's been very competitive this year. Um, again, we've got uh, some teams that are maybe a, a little bit higher than the others, but overall, we haven't had any really huge blowouts that have kind of um, hurt the league in any way. Um, and, and the games are starting to get even more competitive as we get towards uh, closer to the playoffs. So. Um, hopefully that parity will you'll start seeing that um, towards the end of this year and going into next year to where they're very competitive uh, and, and it's and it's going to make it a much better product for people to want to come out and see. I think the scheduling adjustment for next year will really make a big difference in terms of how you balance uh, the matchups. So that's going to be a really big key uh, because the, just right. like we talk about, you know, fundamentally being at different tiers. I think it really benefits. Uh, I know that the travel cost is the big issue because that's always going to be the big issue. You know, you can't have Texas elite facing Utah three times out of the year because it's just, it's just because of logistics right. as well. So, but you know, two times out of the year makes more sense. Um, and so at least that has to be adjusted somewhat so that we have equal footing because that's going to make the uh, games a little more competitive when you have, you know, New Orleans facing uh, North Florida, that which, which is uh, a little bit more unequal footing with each other, then you, you're going to see a tighter game that way. You got the bigger, the bigger teams, ATL versus TSE, TS, you know, the Spartans or Utah versus the Spartans, that kind of deal. Um, Wayne, right. the, the, the evolution of the five-year plan, phase one started. We got phase two coming up. It's going to be more of a mobile platforms, trying to get the word out. Um, I really think the, the website's going to need an upgrade at some point to make it more user-friendly, things like that. So there's a lot of things just still to be done to try to kind of just die, have the fans dive in and make it more impactful. Um, but uh, overall, I think the streaming itself uh, kind of makes them stand out uh, more so than anything. And allowing a fan like myself that uh, can't go to the games at this point, but able to reach and view it and scope it and get excited about it. Uh, I think they've done a great benefit there. Absolutely. I, I think the W uh, WNFC TV has done a great job. I love the announcers on there. Um, I think they do a fantastic job of keeping people engaged in the game. Um, and like I said, uh, you know, being that this is, you know, it's all across the country here now. Um, it, it's not something that everybody can go watch a game. So being able to see it on TV and seeing um, the caliber of, of the other teams and, and what they have to offer. Um, it's really an advantage uh, for the league to have that right now. I think it's a, a, a great uh, way to, to, to get the word out, um, get everybody watching. Um, I haven't seen it. I know it's supposed to be broadcast in the um, airports. I think it was going to be broadcast in Denver airport. Um, so I haven't seen that yet. Um, actually, I'm going to be going up to Denver here not uh, in a couple of weeks and I want to make sure I, I see if it's there, but that's the whole thing, man. If we can get some of these people that are 
uh, maybe just passing by. They look at the TV. They see this. They're interested in it. They want to find out more about it. Um, that's what it's all about is just getting that word out. And that's, like I said, one of the reasons why I've kind of started up my web page is, you know, I'm just a, a pebble in the big lake trying to make a wave and, and, and get that information out um, to everybody to get them excited about what we have to offer. Yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's just, it's just a key to have it now. If you don't have that capability um, and I think Odessa and the executive, uh, we talked to Brian as well, uh, Brian Siebel, uh they, they pretty mm-hmm. much know, you know, the next 24 months is really crucial. There's going to be a lot of changes. Um, you know, a lot of things that have to be assessed after the year. Um, we had huge views, I believe, the week before 48. Um, it, it should increase or maintain at that level uh, based on interest. Uh, I was looking at analytics uh, a while back, like two weeks ago, uh, because we shared on our page. And the only thing I can I can really gauge, you know, without them giving me a snapshot of what it looks like on their pages, um, there was a lot of interest and in spike on it. So for me, it's kind of like just key, key games because I don't spotlight every team. And that's not, it's never been my, you know, my niche to spotlight every team. The only thing we do is right. spotlight the best team, you know, the top two. And I agree. I think that's, and that, and that would I be globally that key, or yeah. whether it be in the States. Because I, 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 to me, it's not about, you know, spotlighting every squad. No, we need to spotlight the teams that are obviously making the most uh, uh, impact. And at the same time, it brings awareness to people by kind of, gauging and going okay this is the best i've never heard of this team in the in the country you know so it's kind of that mentality um wayne we had a lot of action in the wfa as well we had obviously the dc divas taking on the uh, tampa bay inferno great game there as well uh, amanda congaldi throws another over 400 yards in that game i just think that the tier system in the wfa needs to be readdressed uh next year it's kind of lopsided and off kilt um, it just needs to be, you know, readdressed, basically. Uh, D2 needs to be bumped to D1, reassess the, you know, the status of each club in D2, and are they valuable enough to go to D1. Uh, one flat rate for everybody, I think, would be somewhat of a, a better deal. So there's a lot of things that need to be fixed over on the other side. But it, with the same token, there there is exciting football that's been happening on that side as well week to week. And this past week, no no question, you had Boston against uh, New York Wolves as well. The champions, they just, the, you know, there's nobody, I think, right now uh, besides Cali War on the uh, West Coast, which the WFA did a disservice to them because they're playing D3 and D2 and only going to play like one Portland, which was no match for them this, this week, 56-0. So besides, you know, them getting to the playoffs, uh, the reality is the East Coast is re- really what's going to be the dogfight. I agree, and I, and I think not, not nothing against Cali War. Um, I, I think they're a great team, uh, but I just don't think that they've truly been tested yet. And I think when they go up against a team um, like the Renegades or the Divas, uh, a team that's been there for a long time, has, has uh, you know great history, uh, great players, um, it's going to be an eye-opening experience uh, going against that caliber of team. Um, I totally agree with. Um, the setup in the WFA, I think um, some of these teams that are in the uh, tier two should definitely be up into the tier one. Um, I think the Detroit Dark Angels are looking very well. Pittsburgh Paxton are coming along good. Um, really surprised uh, Cleveland Fusion. Uh, I know they had struggled last year, and this year they're they're actually putting some good numbers together. 
Uh, like you said, Tampa Bay Inferno. Um, one, another team, a couple teams that are really impressing me too is the St. Louis Slam and the Minnesota Vixens as well as the Houston Energy. Um, Houston Energy was in the IWFL last year, a very competitive team, um, and they um, gave a pretty good whipping to the, uh, to the Dallas uh, elite here uh, in Texas last week. So um, they're definitely a team that uh, I think some of those teams could definitely be part of that D1 uh, tier or WFA1 tier um, because there's just not enough teams in that tier one to really uh, make it that competitive. Um, and I think it's time for some of those teams to move up and, and, and make that a little bit more balanced across across the three tiers. Yeah, you guys can get to watch the, the uh, D.C. Tampa Bay uh, live on our Facebook page uh, via courtesy of D.C. Divas. Um, so you guys can go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Catch the live uh, broadcast there. Boston as well, uh, courtesy of the New York, New York Wolves. Uh, it was 40 to 13. And the Wolves did play some competitive ball there, uh, stayed toe-to-toe, but unfortunately uh, Boston just has so much offensive weapons. They did uh, create about five turnovers for the Renegades, which is literally unheard of at this point in that one game. But New York's D did uh, do a good justice there for themselves, just couldn't put up enough points to kind of stay competitive. But, you know, Boston's got so much weapons, uh, Beinecke, Smith, uh, Mata from uh, Great Britain, I mean, you got uh, um, Allison Cahill um, and then Pasquale. So there's just too much weapons on that side. It's just it's not something that you're going to, you know, if you're not D1 uh, against the Divas, maybe that's another competitive game you got to watch for. But overall, I think they're the top team in the, in the WFA right now. Right. Renegades are, are just like, you know, they're from Boston. They're, they're, like, they're like the Patriots. They find a way to win. They've got good talent and they know how to use it. So um, I think maybe they might be taking a – uh, a note from Bill Belichick on how to have a, uh, you know, a long history of a winning team because they are definitely put it together. One thing I, I would love to see if it ever came to fruition is um, I would love to see um, the champion of the WFA take on the champion of the WNFC. Um, if that could happen, I think that right there would uh, really open a lot of investors and in people's mind that want to back the sport um, if oh, yeah. we could get something like that together, man, I would just be ecstatic. I think that would be the, the, the greatest thing since sliced bread if we could get something like that to happen. So hopefully they'll talk about all it. I can, hopefully all I can say is going. if this WNFC thing rides as well as we're looking at five-year plan, you might see Boston in the WNFC. It just it's, it would be a no-brainer. You know yeah, what I mean? It would be a no-brainer. Um, yeah, if, 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 if the these, model works uh, – with sponsorships, if the model works with uh, that benefits the team owners, I don't think any team owner is going to say no to revenue, you know, to coming in revenue. So a lot and of times that's what's going to happen. It's all about building that product. You know, the thing that I, I really want to see more than anything else is I want to see that these, these ladies are going to get paid for what they're doing. Um, they're putting their, their lives out there, uh, taking a chance on, on big injuries, and um, they're doing it for the love of the game, and they're not getting, you know, they're not getting paid anything to do it. So, uh, bottom line is, um, it, it's a product that that we can definitely put out there. Uh, I think people will will buy the product. Um, it gives the give these amazing women athletes an opportunity to uh, uh, to have their careers in and playing football. Um, these women are absolutely amazing to get out there and do what they do. And and like I said, you get them from all walks of life. Um, they just love the game. So 
Um, if we can get them some, some money in their pocket, I think that would be great. And, and having those, those key games, the Boston's and the, uh, the Texans and Atlanta and Utah, those, those, those types of teams uh, playing against each other uh, will only help that cause. Well, the uh, in the Division One round this past weekend, Week Five, uh, we already knew Cali War was just going to take care of the Shockwave. I was hoping the Shockwave would uh, showcase a lot better, but it did not. So uh, at this point, obviously, Cali War first comp- first competition of versus D One, and there was no competition there at this point. Um, yeah. So and then the other, I don't know if it was numbers that didn't get to Los Angeles for the uh, Shockwave. That could be also be the issue why they weren't as competitive, but, you know, with travel and everything else. Um, Minnesota takes care of Kansas City. Kansas City really struggling right now. They're struggling against D2. They're struggling, obviously, uh, uh, D1. They haven't even got to that level. But all these D2 teams, literally Minnesota, to me, has never been D2. It's always been D, uh, D1. And for whatever Agreed. reason, they stay D2. And so Kansas City literally having probably the worst start in a long time. Uh, agreed, and and you know they're not they're not losing by a lot, but they're losing. They're finding ways to lose, um, and again, some of the teams that they're playing, um, you know, they should be more competitive. Um, I really thought that they were gonna, uh, you know, have a good showing against the Mile High Blaze, which they lost nine to six, and I was really really kind of surprised about that. Uh, but um, I think they'll regroup. Um, they've got they've actually got the Cali War on their schedule, so I think that might be a, a good test for Cali. Uh, to go up against a seasoned uh, Kansas City Titans team. So that, that'll that definitely show the, uh, what Cali is going to be made of. They've got the St. Louis Slam coming up May 11th. And like I said, the Slam was looking very, very good. I think they're a team that's that's on the rise. Um, and then they've got the Dallas Elite as well um, on their schedule. So they've got a tough schedule left. It's not going to be an easy ride for them. But um, they have had some issues. They are struggling. But hopefully they can right the ship uh, in these last four games and get back on track. And me being from Kansas yeah, City, I always root for you Kansas City yeah. teams. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, just like the Chiefs. Uh, the yeah, Chiefs absolutely. did pretty well. <laughs> um, Pittsburgh, uh, uh, rebuilding year for them, and they take care of Baltimore. Baltimore, to, up to this week, was really impressive defensively. They were putting out really good def- defense, and then the offensive was putting out. And somehow, you know, uh, Baker – and Kozo out there in Pittsburgh just decided, hey, we're not we're not having any of that. And Baltimore somehow just lays an egg, which is very highly unlikely yeah. that ever happened. But they did. They got they got handed a, a an egg. So hats off to Pittsburgh. Uh, then you had Columbus. Of all, I was expecting the Phantoms to really be more competitive at this point, but Columbus put forty burger on Philly, which is really uh, and Columbus is really D two also. Really strong D2 uh, right along with Pittsburgh. So they showed to them their, their muscle there. And then the other, uh, the other ones were the Vanguards, 47-7 against Toledo. Uh, the Fusion fall to the Dark Angels. Here's a team on the rise. Uh, Detroit really, I think, has a chip on their shoulder. They really want to prove this year that they're able to be a very good competitive team. And 21-6. And Fusion also very competitive. So a lot of these D2 teams on the East Coast normally would have faced D1 competition, but given the the issue that's going on in D1, uh, they're obviously uh, you know being competitive with their own division, which is uh, really good at close matchups now. 
Absolutely. And and like I said, talking about Cleveland, I think that they are definitely a surprise team this year. I know they were were definitely struggling last year, had some forfeits. Um, and this year they're actually coming out and playing some very competitive games. So I'm happy to see that for, for the Cleveland Fusion. Dark Angels, um, again, they're, they, I agree with you. They've got a chip on their shoulder. They're, they're out to prove something um, that they can p- compete with the best. Um, and that's a team that's going to be difficult to beat um, here in the coming years. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's getting competitive out there. I think a lot of these teams are, are getting some good quality athletes and um, making that move to, uh, you know, get into a competitive league against, against, against competitive teams. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. All right. Uh, so finish up here, St. Louis Lamb just on a tear. They, they, they took the year off, and I guess they want their trophy back. It's really what it looks like right now. <laughs> I agree. Um, they played, uh, you know, Arkansas Wildcats. They beat them pretty good, 35 nothing in Arkansas. Uh, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, they were a D2 or 3 team last year, tier 2 They're or 3. They three, uh, D3 runner-up. Okay, so they, they had a very good season last year, and uh, the Slam came in and, and like I said, uh, beat them 35 to nothing, which was, was pretty impressive for the Slams. I thought Arkansas was going to give them a better better game there. Um, handled the handled the Kansas City Titans good. Um, Derby City Dynamite, uh, 31 to six, and then they just kind of rolled over the Iowa Phoenix. Um, but they've got some tough games coming up too. Again, they got Kansas City rematch with Kansas City. You got Minnesota, which I agree, Minnesota I think is a a tier one team. Um, that's going to be a very competitive game. Uh, Cincinnati and Columbus are not anybody to to blink your eye out and think you're just going to run past them. I think that they can, they can definitely put some uh, competitive games out there as well. So, uh, but I'm very uh, excited about the St. Louis slam. I think that they're a team on the rise and they're going to be able to uh, match up hopefully with the DC divas and the, and the renegades at some point uh, when they move into that uh, tier one slot. So we have, we haven't even talked about Sin City or Connecticut, two of the D three, uh, pretty good teams as well as uh, Mississippi, the Mississippi swing there pretty well as well. So um, uh, Connecticut 38 to zero over the uh, knockouts. Uh, we can get the uh, video uh, courtesy of test TV on Twitter at gridiron beauty on Twitter. You can get the, basically the link to there. pretty good, impressive uh, weekend for them. 38 to zero. Then you had uh, Richmond uh, 52 to 34 over South Carolina smash, Oregon, uh, gets blown up by South Oregon, 35 to two, and then you had La Muerte and Rocky Mountain, 35-22, which is equal footing. That was a pretty competitive game. Saint City, 48 to zero. Alexi Demio out there just doing her thing at QB this year, and they took care of Phoenix. So at this next weekend, it is Sin City. Biggest challenge is against Cali War. Cali War looking to just tear it up like they did in uh, PD against PDX. So uh, if you're uh, Lexi Demio, watch out because the storm is coming. It's just what it is. Um, and so Atlanta, at Arlington taking on Dallas, the Texas duel. It is a big test for the elite Absolutely. here. At Arlington is working towards trying to get to that next level, and uh, Dallas really needs to maintain that. So it's a, a duel to, in Texas there. Uh, and so you have Kansas City uh, against St. Louis, you already mentioned. That's going to be a, a big key matchup. I just don't see Kansas City with their struggling to put points up and the uh, the slam. I've seen them on video already and and live uh, in terms of video, and they they're just they're using the edges so well that they just there's no containment, and if you can't contain them, they're just gonna 
they're just going to put points up, and that's what it is. Uh, New York takes yeah, on Baltimore I, this weekend. I think, I think on that one, Oscar, on the Kansas City slam, if, if Kansas City wants to turn their season around, this is the game they have to do it. It's, it's a rival yeah. game. It's a cross-state rival. And if they want to get right the ship and, and get on that, that, that winning track and even have a even a outside shot of even making a playoff spot, they have to do it in this game. If not, they can just pretty much wrap the season up and just say, okay, we'll wait till next year. Oh, yeah. And, and Massey's brutal right now. Massey's been brutal to them. Uh, and I think they'll get even mm-hmm. more brutal if they lose here. Uh, the Wolves taking on Baltimore, equal footing here, D2. Pretty competitive teams. Baltimore coming off that uh, A, you know, and then New York coming off against Boston. So this is a, you know, it's a it's a must win for both. Technically, it's kind of rebound for a win. Pittsburgh against Cleveland. Uh, Pittsburgh coming off that big win against Baltimore. Cleveland really needs to kind of elevate their game here. Uh, it is the other one is Minnesota, Wisconsin. Wisconsin surprised me this year. They've been playing really good ball. They even beat a team in the snow over in Iowa when they beat Iowa in the snow there. Um, so they've been playing pretty competitive ball there. And this is their uh, rival, pretty much Minnesota. And then you have the Dark Angels taking on Toledo, which I don't think it's going to be an issue, but that could happen also to be an issue. Uh, Rocky Mountain, Malahai, key here. Uh, the Blaze have been playing really good. Rocky Mountain coming off that 35-22 against La Muerte. So competitive there. Then Connecticut's biggest test against the Philly Phantoms in D3 right now. That's going to be their big test coming up this weekend. You have uh, the other ones is uh, Miami against Orlando. Orlando is literally uh, Melissa Sparks out there just completely has put this team on the map as if not the number two ranked team in D3 nationwide. I mean, that's just huge. They're playing some fantastic ball, and and when they beat the Tampa Bay uh, Inferno um, on on when they played against them, I was I really kind of opened my eyes up to wow, this team's for real. Um, so they've done an amazing job with that. Um, I love that competitiveness uh, when you've got two teams that are that close together. Um, again, it just builds that rivalry more and more, and uh, I get really excited when I see a team like Orlando coming on like this. Yeah, and it's it just it's. You know, it's been really good. Uh, they've built it up for the last three years. You know, they, they had their downfall against Arkansas that one year. Then they rebound and get the, the next win. And now they're really looking forward to, you know, they're sustaining. A lot of people are taking uh, taking notice of them. Um, the other rivalry is going to be in Mississippi. Uh, the Panthers taking on Royalty. Royalty's been playing really good ball. And this is kind of a natural rivalry there if, for D3. So really, really competitive matchups coming up here. Massey, from what I gathered, uh, D1, D, the two D1 teams are basically top notch right now. Boston, DC. Then you throw in St. Louis, and we talked about Detroit right after that. So even uh, the Massey ratings have noticed how the Dark uh, Angels are literally putting up some good ball out there. And then Minnesota and Cali War. Then it's Pittsburgh, Houston Energy after that. Then it's Sin City from D3, Mile High. Uh, then it is uh, Columbus, the uh, Comets. Cleveland Fusion after that. Then it's Kansas City, uh, Orlando, Nevada. We haven't even, you know, touched on Nevada yet. And then Wisconsin. So there's pretty good teams in D3 right now, Orlando, Nevada, and Sin City. But Sin City and Nevada on the West Coast, I don't think they face each other this year, but it's uh, pretty competitive there. D2, like I said, is probably the uh, division to watch all, all year, considering if you don't have, you know, Boston or D.C. or 
any of the other teams playing on, on, the, on the D1 schedule. Usually D2 is going to be the focus. So, um, Wayne, it's been great. Um, I really appreciate your feedback. Uh, you're welcome to come in the show and kind of dissect that, uh, you know, if you have time, because we really want to just get into it and just kind of spotlight all the amazing uh, talented athletes out there and all the teams that are really, uh, you know, this year have been impactful. Uh, WFA really just, for me, it's been D2 action the whole year so far. Uh, because when you look at Boston against Tampa or Boston against New York, you really have to kind of go, okay, well, that's sort of like a checkoff. You know what I mean? In a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the mentality. Uh, but when you look at, you know, the the New York Wolves against Baltimore Nighthawks, Pittsburgh against Cleveland, you know, Columbus uh, versus, you know, uh, D, 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 uh, Detroit, uh, Minnesota versus Wisconsin, things like that. So most of the actions literally in, in uh, D2 is really the focus. I agree. I think, and like I said, I think, I hope the WFA uh, takes a good look at that for the next season and, and maybe realigns that a little bit more um, to, to move some of those teams that, as you said, should probably be in that tier one uh, to make that tier one a little bit more competitive. Cause that's, that's the games you really want to kind of focus and, and get the word out on. Not that there's anything wrong with being a tier two team, but um you know, put your best teams up there in tier one and let them go at it. Um, and it's only going to be a win-win situation for everybody. Yeah. And, and so this, this, this week six is going to be huge because like I said, we have all over the map, but there's marquee matchups there, Connecticut, Philly in D3, uh, Miami, Orlando in D3. You got uh, Rocky Mountain, Mount High in D2. Uh, we talked about uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, New York, Baltimore, and of course, St. Louis, Kansas City in D1, Dallas, Arlington in D1. And then, um, you know, I, I don't know if – can the Trojans really surprise us against Cali War? That's really the question right now going into this next yeah, game. That, that's, a, that's a definite unknown. Um, seeing that, like I said, I don't think Cali has been really tested. Um, you know, it, it, it's going to be a game to watch and see how it develops. Um, I'm hoping it's a competitive game. Uh, which I think it will be, uh, but it definitely it's, it's kind of an unknown factor because I don't think either one of those teams has really had a true test for them. Yeah, it's just it's and I think it it'll be nice if uh, if the Trojans can put up some points, you know, maybe twelve, eight, twenty points here, if they can somehow do yeah. something of a good job that way. We'll see how that turns out. I agree. So, um, so Wayne, uh, let everybody know where they can go to uh, kind of keep, keep tabs on the things that you're going to be posting as well, besides us. And you got Burmy, Club Burmy now. You got yourself. Uh, so it's Wayne's World uh, of Women's Football, is, correct? Absolutely. So I've got my webpage out there. I just started it up. I'm just trying to give uh, the best information I can about the WNFC um, and any other uh, areas I can just cover on women's um, women's football just to kind of promote it and and like I said, get that word out there. And um, I'm, I'm constantly updating the, the standings on my website for the WNFC and, and kind of going over weekly as far as who plays who and how the playoffs look and, and uh, you know, going over the games from the previous week as far as how the teams did. So uh, if you want to find out information about the WNFC, definitely tune into the website. I'll, I'll, hopefully I'll give you some good information on there. All right, Wayne, uh, so you're always welcome on the show. Give you insights and all that. If you want to come in weekly, no, not a problem, or biweekly or before the playoffs start, that way we kind of uh, dissect the whole picture in terms of the what-ifs and what's going to happen. But um, it's been very uh, 
very nice for you to come in and kind of just dissect us and give us your feedback on the WNFC and the WFA. Uh, just a big season so far, and we haven't even talked about international. You know, we're just talking about the states. Right. And internationally, we're, you know, we have been so busy last night, I, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, I have been so bombarded with so much stuff. Uh, Brazil, Guam, Europe, Canada, Mexico. Uh, um, I'm just, yeah, just huge. <laughs> and then Germany as well. I can imagine. Um, I'm, I'm just keeping track of one league. I can imagine how, how all the stuff that's on your plate, Oscar. <laughs> And and I have I co- we we cover we have been doing this for what ten years now, and we have built up the, the probably the best network in terms of systems in itself, and it is just blows my mind that we're at, we're at a point now, you know how we just like literally dissected WNFC and WFA, we are at a point now mm-hmm. where in Finland and Sweden, we're at that close stage now where. Most of those most of those leagues are so elite leagues, just like the WFA and the WNFC in a lot of ways, that mm-hmm. since we don't watch it or get a video on it, uh, most of the time I have to scope it uh, late night to, for me to, to kind of like figure things out because of right. you know the time and everything. But there's just a lot of competitive action out there in terms of you know Germany over in Germany over 30 teams in Germany. There's like over 12 teams, two tiers in Sweden. I mean, when you start like writing down uh, what I have written down and you start realizing the scope of it, how global it truly is, it literally just blows your brain. Just like, just explodes. It's just like, whoa. You know, because you got 64 teams just in the U.S. alone, right? And you got like 14 teams yeah. in the WNFC. And then we haven't even talked about uh, the uh, the XSFL in Texas. We haven't talked about the IWFA in Texas. You know, I mean, there's just like, there's just so much of it. But, you know, the reality is we got to just bring up uh, the elite leagues. And that's the reason we cover, mm-hmm. you know, what we do. We we don't, in the past, I've been criticized a lot by, oh, you're not covering every team. No, we don't cover every team. That's not our goal. You know, I, on our right. page, the goal is to cover the the elite premier teams on the planet, period whether it be in the U.S., Canada, whether it be in, you know, overseas or whatever, that's what we're, that's our goal. Our goal is to bring awareness to the fact that you have these elite athletes on these elite teams on a global scale. Um, and, you know, right. and the IFAB World Championship just enhances that. You know I mean? The, the fact that, like, in Vancouver, who would have realized that you had Team Mexico who had all the problems that they couldn't even get to Vancouver financially? because they weren't supported by the Federation at the time or they had the funds that weren't there for them and they get there and they win a bronze medal. So, you know, yeah. the Mexico right now is literally blowing up to the point where every region in Mexico is now looking for the it athlete to put on that squad for the next IFAB world championship. In other words, they, they don't yeah, want it, to it, go get a bronze. They want to go get a gold or a silver. And it just makes those 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 world games so uh, amazing to to be able to go see something like that because, like I said, it's a growing sport and it's a product that will be a valuable product um, again if the word gets out to the right people and and we can put it on on you know the front pages and and we get you know TV uh, uh, TV coverage of it. It's it's just going to be an amazing thing to see. 
Um, even on my page, I'm, I'm amazed sometimes when I, I get people coming to my page and, 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 and actually uh, being part of my page. I, I get them from all over the world. I'll get them from Sweden. I'll get them from Germany, Italy, like you said, um, because it's, like I said, it, it's a growing sport and people want to be part of something like that. So, um, like I said, all we can do, Oscar, is just make sure we're putting that word out. And I agree with, you, with what you're saying as far as, um, you know, you can't cover every team. And, and the way I would look at it is if I was a team that wasn't being covered, it would make me uh, incentivize my team to say, hey, I want to be covered. I want to get good enough to where I'm covered on these websites and, and people are talking about us. So uh, to- totally wholeheartedly agree with that is, is if you want to be covered, then – Put yourself in that elite group. Find the right people and, and make yourself competitive where you're going to be a team that's talked about all the time. So, Wayne, uh, it's a girls' summer, if you didn't know it. Starts in April, goes all the way down to uh, NFL season because we have no offseason in women's football worldwide. We, yeah. As soon as the U.S. League ends, we have Australia. As soon as Australia, we have Europe. And as soon as Europe we start the cycle one all over again, which is the United States. So you want year round uh, women's American football, you got it. So you, you know, there's no, there's no time off. So it's like, that's why everybody says that you don't get time off. No, we don't get time off. It's just from one <laughs> season to the next. As soon as, as soon as the WNF, the WNFC and the WFA seasons end here, we are into Mexico and then we are into full blown gear into Australia, the end of the season in Guam. Then we start diving into, uh, the Czech, the Czech Republic, the Austrian League, the German League. So it's just, it's just, you know, no, I would have known this uh, nine years ago, but now nine years later, I've built so many good relationships with everybody worldwide that the information is so much easier to gather than it was before. Because before you had to, you know, uh, figure out things on phone calls or do different ways to do it. Now it's a little bit more easier because it's direct messaging and somebody really wants to be spotlighted and, and you get it out even even more. So really, uh, really appreciate you coming in. Looking forward to see if you can you know, make uh, a return once again, and that way we can start you know hyping up the uh, WNFC playoffs as well as the WFA playoffs. And everybody will convey or convene, as they say, in Denver this year, which is kind of unique in, mm-hmm. in, in a way. So both championships in the U.S. leagues is going to be in Denver, so it's kind of cool. Hey, since they're both there, they might as well play the winner, winner play winner, right? <laughs> I'm I'm with you, Wayne. That's what I'm saying. It's like, why not? Your your idea was perfect, right? It's it's one yeah, week after the go. other. It's like, hey, get off of that and then go play the next game. But uh, I, I don't know. know if that's ever going to happen. It, that's like NFL AFL. That's still to be debated. I know. I know. But I've definitely enjoyed being on your your program. Uh, again, I, I would def- definitely love to come back. Um, I definitely want to. Uh, talk about the Atlanta Texas game after that happens. So um, I'll definitely be in touch with you, and hopefully we can set this up again. I love talking football with you, especially if it's going to be uh, football twenty or or year round. That's going to be an amazing thing. Oh yeah, we do that, and then we get into NFL and the offseason. That's where all the co-hosts come back. So um, all the all the girls all right. play right now. All right. So Wayne, Sounds thank good. you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it, uh, and we're looking forward to the week six and see what what happens next week uh, in terms of the WNFC and the WFA. So. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Have a great night. You too. Okay, guys, that was uh, Wayne Valdo and uh, talking WNFC uh, week five, week six, and we talked a little bit of WFA. So uh, pretty awesome uh, feedback there. And he's pretty much on point. 
So if you want to check it out, he's got his, his page, Wayne's World of Women's Football. You get the link there on the website as well. And uh, so we've got some good stuff coming on here. And then if you want to get everything else that's happening international, of course, go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. And then you can also go to our Zazzle shop and just get stuff there. Mother's Day is coming up, 20% off, up to 20% off on Mother's Day specials. Go to Zazzle.com, get the links there, or you can go to our site at Zazzle.com at the No Joke Football Shop, Zazzle.com forward slash Korean Beauties. Get everything that you can there, uh, leggings, T-shirts, hoodies. Support the cause. Every dollar that comes out of our sales in terms of T-shirts, uh, hoodies, and leggings uh, gets accumulated into a job pool here. Basically, which a wish list, we have a wish list. Once the wish list is collected, uh, then we have disbursement. And at that point, for based on the sales, every 90 days we give out and spotlight another talented athlete off the wish list. So if you want to help us out, buy a shirt, get all that taken care of, and we will be spotlighting a lot of talented athletes uh, globally as well. So go to uh, Facebook.com at the hub forward slash Gridiron Beauty. So check it out. Um, if you are in tune with us. Go to subscribe to our Apple Podcasts as well. We are now on Google Cast, TuneIn, Player FM, and also uh, on Indie Rap Radio, Wednesdays, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Eastern. So you can go there. And if you miss anything that happens in the game, like I said, go to the hub at facebook.com for slash career interviews. All right. So we're going to dissect some of the games that happened. Uh, we just did WNFC, w, uh, WFA, and there's a lot of stuff internationally that's happening as well. In Sweden, uh, it was Orobro uh, versus Arlanda, and that was a really good matchup that came up uh, this past weekend. And uh, Carlsbad Crusaders have just literally have just done a good job all over the, all over the map, but they've done a really good job of you know putting together a, a really nice uh, season so far. So uh, Orobro, uh, 28 to 20, um, took took care of Arlanda Jets this past weekend in Sweden. Uh, we are going to get the Finland uh, season, the Maple Series, coming up here in about two weeks or so. So we'll keep tabs on that. The Brazilian Championship, uh, the first week of the Brazilian Championship came up this weekend, this past weekend, and it was uh, the uh, Curitiba Silverhawks winning. And so now they're going to face week two here coming up, uh, the Brazilian Championship, Curitiba Silverhawks versus Curitiba Lions this coming weekend. Uh, it's a, a six-week season in Brazil. For the championship, keep tabs of it on Facebook and Twitter at Gridiron Beauty on Twitter and also on Facebook as well at the Hub. And so pretty awesome uh, matchup coming up here between Silverhawks and Lions. In Spain, uh, we're looking forward to the May 25th matchup, uh, LNFA Femenina. It's Valen uh, Valencia Firebats taking on the Barbera Rookies. Barbera Rookies looking for their ninth championship in their history. And then we'll catch you uh, – get you caught up on everything that's happening in Guam at the Guam Women's Football League. You can go to the hub, and we got articles there as well from uh, Guam Sports Net. So you can catch that as well. Um, so let's talk WWCFL. Big shocker in Canada week one. <laughs> it was Regina Riots, the champions, falling to the uh, Manitoba Fearless. Uh, what a huge game that that was! Uh, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the shockers of all shockers, but this is a huge shocker, and it was really uh, 34 to nine. Uh, the Manitoba Fearless gave up only nine points to the champions here. It really just 
kind of just put yourself in perspective here. Uh, Manitoba, a big time uh, upset here. Uh, Regina Leader Post uh, did an article there. Uh, Manitoba Fearless no longer winless against Regina Riot. Uh, the members of the uh, Manitoba Fearless uh, celebrated photo finish on Sunday. Uh, one of the players, somebody take a picture of the scoreboard, uh, said one of the Fearless players after a 34-9 victory over the Regina Riot at Mosaic Stadium. It was a landmark conquest for the Fearless, dating back to the Western Women's Canadian Football League inaugural season of 2011. The Riot had won team, the team's previous nine meetings by a collective score of 378-33. to 33. Uh, So the league champion in 2015, 2017, and 2018, the Riot had registered a shutout in six of those uh, matchups that they faced. And then they come in Sunday at this point, and the fearless quarterback and linebacker uh, Taylor Post expressed her uh, excitement. We came in looking to shock the world and make a difference and turn some hands today. And I think we did that, uh, quote, unquote. Uh, Post was at the controls of a run-oriented fearless attack in addition to scoring on a 45-yard interception return. Uh, quote, this feels really good, she said. It's my first game of football ever, so it's a little bit wild. It's a little surreal for me right now. I'm still trying to take it all in, but I know a lot of girls have been waiting a long time for this, so it means a lot to them, unquote. The riot opened the scoring on the final play of the first quarter when Amy Kowalski hit Diane Nesbitt in the end zone from four yards away on a third down gamble. The touchdown was set up by a 43-yard punt return by uh, Peyton Custer, who was tackled on Manitoba's seven-yard line. Manitoba got on the board when Kelly Booth returned a partially blocked punt 73 yards for a major uh, score. The fearless went ahead 10 to 7 when Brooklyn Dice, whose father is former Saskatchewan Rough Riders coach Bob Dice, kicked a 15 yard field goal at 13 16 of the second quarter. Dice added another field goal from 12 yards away on the final play of the third quarter to put Manitoba ahead 13 to 7. The fearless broke open the game in the fourth quarter, scoring on post six and a pair of touchdown runs of 40 and 6 yards by Haley Eagie. Uh, afterwards, the Riots players were gracious in defeat. Uh, the positive side of it is that it's good to see some of the Manitoba teams coming out stronger. Custer said they're getting good recruits and they're putting in a lot of effort, so it's exciting to see the sport growing, unquote. Obviously, it's not how we want it to turn out of the game to go. We have a lot of, to reflect on, a lot to grow and work on, but we were good competition. I think both teams learned a lot, unquote. Regina now plays back-to-back road games, and they face uh, their rival, Saskatoon Valkyries, this coming Saturday. And Winnipeg whip a Wolfpack May 26th before playing host to Saskatoon in the regular season finale on June 2nd at Mosaic Stadium. Since we weren't expecting th- this loss, it's a bump in the road, Custer said. We have to learn from it, take what we can from it, and move forward, unquote. On Sunday, the Riot uh, played its fifth annual Teal game. At halftime, the team presented a $2,500 check to the Ovarian Cancer Can- uh, Canada in support of its programs. So really exciting time in Canada uh, as the uh, Manitoba Fearless, congratulations to them. No longer winless against Regina. It's a big win there that that's what happened. The second game of the matchup with the Saskatoon Valkyries taking a bite out of the Wolfpack uh, was uh, featured on Saskatoon Star Phoenix, uh, and that was on May 5th. Saskatoon Valkyries had a dominant opening to their 2019 season, defeating the visiting Wolfpack 57-0 at SMF Field. A five-yard touchdown run by Sarah Wright on the first series of the game got the ball rolling for the Valkyries, and they never looked back. Also in the first half, Samantha Madison 
Matheson had a set of rushing touchdowns, one from 22 yards out and the other from 28, while Ricky Obed scored 45 yards uh, touchdown and 40 touchdown. And Haley uh, Girolami and Olivia Wu picked up passing touchdowns of 29 and 40, respectively. The first half scoring was rounded off by a pair of singles, a safety, and a 12-yard field goal by Matheson to give Saskatoon a 55-0 lead at the break. Neither team was able to find their way in the end zone in the second half, but the Valkyries did force the Wolfpack to give up another safety. Uh, Valkyries rallied, or I'm sorry, tallied 503 yards of total offense while their defense pushed the Wolfpack into the negative, holding them to 39 yards total offense. Matheson led Saskatoon's ground game, recording 132 yards on seven carries, while Obed recorded 65 yards on four passes in their two-pronged quarterback attack. Alex uh, Eifelson went 6 for 11 for 123 and two touchdowns, and Reed Thortstad recorded 64 yards and one touchdown while completing four of nine passes. Next up on the Valkyrie schedule is a home game against the Regina Riot, who lost 34-9 to uh, Manitoba in their opener on Saturday. So that's going to be uh, at SMF Field coming up here. So we will keep tabs on the uh, women, Western Women's Canadian Football League. You can go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridironbeauties and check out the article there from Saskatoon Star Phoenix. You can also also check out the article from the uh, Regina Leader Post on the WWCFL and the kickoff. So 34-9, to 9, an impressive win by the uh, uh, Manitoba Fearless. What an exciting weekend that that happened. And uh, congratulations to them as well. Uh, just in a great effort. And they just, you know, plug it in. And uh, after nine tries, and here you go, great event there. Um, the other event that happened was in uh, Cancun, Mexico. It was the uh, second annual All-Star International event, which was uh, MIFA from Canada, taking on uh, LFB and FXL and Lexwa, combination of those teams. And that was a 36-20 victory versus uh, Mexico All-Stars. And uh, we've got the uh, Deportes Quintana Roo, who gave us the rundown of the uh, event that happened pretty good event second annual event the first event was in canada and that was uh, combined uh, with the all-stars and minfa as well so the canadian minfa team won twice against the mexican national team uh, in the second edition of the all-star event in cancun most important thing was the uh, you know mutual agreement with between the two countries on the gridiron in the uh, arena in the uh, modality of a eight on eight the Maple Leaf Country squad won 36-20 to the Aztec representative composed of players from the uh, LFB, which is the Football League Bikini of Cancun, and the Football Extremo Latino of Mexico. For the LFB, Michelle Hernandez, Lorenda Hernandez, and Luz Montalvo from Sisters of Anarchy, and Diana Ochoa, Melanie Cortez, Gabriela Velasquez, and Cleopatra Negron from the Bacaneras took into the action for them. From the uh, FXL participated Sandy Jean and Monica Torres, plus the um, as well as Zernani Macias and Charlene Macias for the Diablos. And as much as in the uh, football arena uh, for the men's, the uh, Canada selection also imposed uh, their win uh, versus the Mexican team. So uh, it's going to be pretty exciting there. The final in Cosimo, it should be noted that the two, not 2019 final of the uh, LFB will be played by the leaders and undefeated Nereidas uh, de Casimal, taking on Las Bucaneras of Cancun this coming Sunday at the Island of Swallows. And that's going to be the, um, the matchup for the LFB National Championship 2019. Um, so we'll keep it covered and be tabs on it. You can go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash and get to stay up to date on that. You can go to Twitter as well. 
So um, Amanda Congeldi, um, pretty impressive weekend for DC Divas. And if you didn't catch the amount of stuff that she put out last weekend, the week before, she put out a lot of yards. And this past weekend, I think it was 477 yards, if I'm correct. So uh, Amanda Congeldi and the DC Divas just completely playing balls out this past weekend against the Inferno. Um, she can get it from the DC Divas uh, on Facebook. Amanda Congeldi broke the franchise record with 388 passing yards in, in a game two weeks ago against the Boston Renegades. What did she do for an encore this week, uh, this last Saturday? Congeldi racked up an astonishing four. 174 passing yards and five touchdown passes in a 71 to 30 win over Tampa Bay Inferno. Uh, you got to give Tampa Bay Inferno credit. Uh, Candy Thompson out there, just a stout running back for them all game. Um, so they just couldn't have enough, you know, firepower with Lexi floor weapons. Um, you know, Ole, uh, Olinchuk, you had um, Deja Scott. I mean, just too many weapons on the Divas to even have the Inferno even consider that, but a great job. And then you add Jennifer King as well, coming back from her AAF uh, situation that happened there. So a lot of talent on the um, DC Divas right now, and they are rolling out and they're doing a great job so far. So congratulations to them um, and great, great effort there on from Amanda Kangeldi. We also have all the coverage from LaFi, the Liga Femenil, the Football Americano Equipado. And that's week three action. Uh, Titanes Femenil, 38-6 to six against Halcones del Texcoco. Uh, so you can, they stay undefeated as well, uh, courtesy of Q Sport, uh, some of the action that has happened there. So you can check it out at the Hub. And then we also have to uh, thank Paco Alvarez for the great coverage this past weekend of the WFL. Uh, Amazonas remain undefeated. It is the uh, uh, week four, the Chiapas, Amazonas of Chiapas. Uh, win their third victory in a row in the WFL, 24-19 over the Chitaras, uh, Del Tosicoco. Um, so they played a really good matchup there. Um, I'm trying to translate as I go here because obviously trans my, my Google Translate sometimes is very weird. But other than that, they, they played a really good game, um, and they stay in contention here. Chitaras uh, really put up a good fight, but they just couldn't do it. 12-0 at halftime, then 12-2 for the Amazonas. Um, and then they go 12 to 8, and then eventually it was 12 to 10, and then you get to a 16 to 12, uh, and then 19 to 16. So a very competitive game. And then at the end it was 24 to 19, and the Amazonas uh, remain undefeated in the WFL. And like I said, uh, thanks to Paco Alvarez out there for the coverage there as well. And uh, El Dario Mexico had the focus um, summary for the game. It was uh, basically uh, the Amazona. Uh, Amazona Chiapas, uh, with the goal accomplished for their visit to Tascoco, uh, is that with the score of 24 to 19, they gave Chitaras uh, a duel that was part of the Week Four matchup in the WFL. Uh, the mission wasn't simple, and as Chitaras defended until the last second of the game, Elena Paniatosca, sports unit of the city of Tascoco, was there on two occasions, had overcome two victories. The duel had the extra ingredient that both organizations came under the label of undefeated this season. So May 4th was a real clash of two undefeated teams. And the battle didn't seem to start in the best way for the Chiapias, who were quite inaccurate when working on offense. In addition, Chitaras also put them in the predicaments as they were the first to open the score on their first drive that put them in a 6-0 in the first half. Amazonas was still unable to feel the offense in the fact over the second quarter, missed the opportunity for the game to stay in a few yards from the end zone. 
On the other hand, Chitaris took advantage of that in that same quarter. In a passing play, the surprise and managed to reach the uh, goal to get it 12 to 0 to the scoreboard. Fortunately, the attempt of extra play, Lizette Corso intercepted the pass and made a good race to the end zone, and that would make it Amazonas 12 to 2. The interception motivated the Chiapas, who finally saw a good light on their offense, and via uh, a pass to Evelyn Solis, managed to reach the diagonals and place the score at 12 to 8. The duel was on the side of the Amazonas, and that Chitaras made some mistakes in the next couple series. Uh, and so it was Castillo caused the safety of the Chiapas in which the blackboard went to 12 to 12 to 10 and figure which they rest at that point. And then you in the, in the preceding series, um, there was a pass from Samantha Molina to Evelyn Solis would made it 16 to 12. So the Amazonas, like I said, take the victory 24 to 19. Uh, and you have the article there courtesy of esdario.com Mexico. Um, the other uh, option, uh, other matchups that were on there, uh, AFD, uh, AFD uh, in Germany, first week of action in Division Two. Uh, action Vampires uh, have that um, win, which is 47-0 over the combination of the Duisburg Vikings and the Molham Shamrocks, which combined this season. So you get the uh, highlights there as well from directly from the uh, Facebook page of the Action Vampires, Damien. And so pretty awesome there as well. And then you got a cool uh, promo video for week six in the WFA. Uh, it was week six WFA Arlington Impact taking on Dallas Elite, a three and one clash. Who moves on to be four and one at this point? So check out the video at the hub at facebook.com. We started from the Arlington Impact. So it's a pretty cool video. Check it out. It's a hype video. A lot of people like it and they're starting to share it as well. And then the Liga Elite, the Monterey Football Americana, uh, it was final week six. For the Liga of the Monterey, uh, Ravens shut out the Cowgirls 36-0 to finish the regular season strong and secure second place in the Elite Azul Division. You also had Week 6, Moody's uh, routing Amaya's 26-6 to finish strong in the regular season there. You get coverage, full coverage, exclusive coverage from Liga Elite Monterey Football Americano, which we uh, appreciate. You get the coverage there, still photos and everything else of the uh, Week 6 action that happened in Monterey. The other action was Black Snakes, uh, Edge, Ayuda Girls, 13-6 to to finish in second place in the Elite Blanco division, right behind Silver Wings. Um, you also had um, the other matchup here was Silver Wings, finished season strong with impressive routing of Halconas uh, Malkova as well. And so pretty good action there in, in Liga Monterey. Last week of the season, now we get the playoffs. As soon as those come up, we will share them for you and get you going in terms of who's going to be the top dog in the Liga Elite Monterey Football Manicano from the nil. And then you also have the action in IWFA Week 1. Team Legacy once again showed why they are the defending champions in Week 1. They won 64-19 to over the Coastal Blend Legion with a strong performance from uh, no joke football athlete uh, number 22, Megan Martinez, which is playing quarterback and middle linebacker. Um, so great job from Megan out there and the Texas uh, San Antonio, Texas elite um, legacy. So that that team is just rolling in the IWFA, and it's been doing it for a long, long time. And then courtesy of West Angels live replay week one of the Death Army Girls uh, opening matchup, the champions of 2018, opening up against the uh, West Angels. And in a route in Guadalajara, 56 to 13, versus the West Angels. You can catch the uh, second half there, action live, stream, replay of the action there that happened over in uh, Guadalajara as well. 
So take advantage of everything that's going on uh, in the women's game internationally uh, at the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties. And then week two in the Brazilian league, as we just talked about, football Americano Pariense, uh, Curitiba taking on the Lions. And you get the hype video there from the Curitiba Silverhawks. So check it out. Pretty cool video that they put out to kind of hype up the season as well. So we'll go into uh, Legends Football League now. Pretty much a week uh, three clash. It was Los Angeles Temptation taking on the Denver Dream. Uh, so an, an improvement here. The 10th anniversary season is rolling along. Just as uh, just three weeks of LFL football, it's evident 2019 will be one of the most competitive seasons in the history of the league. The improved uh, Denver Dream franchise is a key factor to the leveling playing field in the league so far this season. Despite suffering a 47-18 loss against the Temptation Friday, April 26th, the Denver team has shown that they are here to compete this season. Week three was a must-win for L.A. in order to keep their playoff hopes alive in the Western Conference after losing to the Seattle uh, Miss. The way the schedules are aligned for the Western Conference, a playoff team this year will likely need three wins to make the postseason as a 2-2 two and two finish like we saw last year with the Austin Acoustic would have that team on the outside looking in. No team wants to miss the uh, missing the postseason, which is one of the most coveted championship races in league history. The road to uh, number 10, which is season 10. It was just a few seasons ago that Jane Caldwell led the Temptation, who were 3-1, and one, missing the postseason due to a point differential to Dallas and Seattle. With Austin, Seattle, and L.A. atop the league's most stacked rosters, we could see the scenario again in 2019 as all three teams have a scheduled game against each other. The 47-18 final score in the Week 3 matchup did not signify exactly how close of a game this was. In fact, Los Angeles did not take the lead until midway through the second quarter. Uh, Denver with uh, Brittany Perea as well as uh, K-Mac and our girl out there, no joke, athlete uh, Kelsey Cristiano, really stood fast this year, really improved on that. So the scoring began with Denver's quarterback, Perea, finding rookie wide receiver Jessica Poole for a nine-yard touchdown connection after the pass was knocked out of another receiver's hands and scooped up by Poole in front of the end zone. This was just the beginning of Jessica Poole's fantastic evening. The following LA possession, the Temptation marched down on the field and scored on Nas Johnson's 10-yard uh, run game at six apiece. The next play from scrimmage for the Dream, it was the same connection, Perea uh, to uh, Poole as the rookie got through the L.A. secondary and found herself wide open and outstretched, grabbing uh, Perea's beautiful pass for 35-yard strike TD. The quarter came to an end with Denver leading the temptation 12-6, to which is very unheard of in the last two seasons for even the Dream. The Dream offense struggled in the second quarter while L.A. got things rolling with the snake, uh, Ashley Salerno. The temptation scored twice to take a 20-12 to lead, thanks to Salerno's finding Daniel Harvey on a 14-yard TD strike and Mariah Lopez. 17-yard TD run, 20-12 to 12 at the half. The score was an ind- indication of the quality of play Denver head coach uh, Marcus Janelle put in the offense's uh, offseason, so a much-improved Denver Dream team. Despite three touchdown passes in the first half combined, Salerno and Brittany Perea did not have the pass game clicking. Uh, so Salerno was one of three passing with one TD and one interception, while Perea was two of 11 with two TDs and one interception, nearly as many interceptions thrown as passes completed between the two single colors. In the third quarter, Salerno uh, tallied another touchdown pass, finding Hallie Jistra, who's been probably the best weapon that the Temptation has had, and, uh, and she finds her on a six-yard touchdown pass 
the dream running back list, K-Mac also found the end zone on the ground in the third and heading into the final quarter of play. The temptation led 27 to 18. Fourth quarter was all Los Angeles as second uh, as they scored three more times, bringing the final score to a 47-18 win. On the evening, L.A. running back Mariah Lopez had two touchdowns and a quarterback Salerno three for seven with three touchdowns and one interception. Distro finished tonight with two touchdowns, which just an impressive receiver right now coming from the Bliss as well. Uh, she just she's just showing her muscle there, and she's really uh, an underused at this point for the temptation. They really need to use her a lot more, bringing her season total to four. And leading the NFL through three weeks, defensive T.J. Anderson just finishing with four tackles and one sack, just a beast on the beginning of the season here through two games. Uh, Denver quarterback Perea was three of 16 passing with two touchdowns and one interception. Jessica Poole making a case early that this is uh, rookie of the year for her with the two touchdowns and 44 yards in her first outing in the LFL. Uh, Carrie Phelps finished the night leading the dream with seven tackles. After the loss, Los Angeles, uh, Denver is now 0-12 all-time and still searching for their first franchise win. Most analysts have circled two of their games as a potential for that first win. 0-1 Den- uh, Dream will host the Seattle Miss early in June, but then they go on the road in Nashville and Omaha, two contests that they will certainly have a chance of winning. Uh, LA sits at 1-1. One one. They get set to host the Atlanta Steam on May 17th. Following the Week 6 matchup against Atlanta, LA will have over two months to prepare for what could be the game of the season on July 27th against the Austin Acoustic. So a really good matchup here. If you missed the game, it's a recap of the game. If you missed it, you can go to LFL us.com you get the link there or you can go directly to youtube at the legends football league youtube channel this coming week uh you get the matchup of all matchups here so la versus uh denver was last weekend uh this past this coming weekend here los angeles temptation uh really one and one so that's really good for them but this week coming up week four austin acoustic uh taking on chicago bliss via youtube on this coming Saturday, and then this weekend, uh, coming up week five, uh, week four, it's going to be uh, Omaha versus Seattle. Oh, I'm sorry, week five, Omaha against Seattle uh, at Showwear Center. So that's going to be the uh, LFL. So we'll keep, keep recap of the game that happened between Austin and Chicago next weekend. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to the next weekend's show, uh, next weekend's matchup after that weekend. So a lot to cover in terms of Legends Football League as well, as well as the WFA and the WNFC and everything else that's happening internationally and globally. And you can get it all at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. You can go to the hub right there, everything for you uh, every week. So check it out and uh, be enlightened about what's happening. And that's girls playing American football globally. Uh, we're going to look at the Guam. Let me check it out here. Uh, Guam at this point, uh, Oh, and I want to say uh, thank you to the Vaqueras, Monterey Vaqueras and uh, Monterey Laundry Football Network for um, um, doing uh, justice for our brand. Uh, so Vaqueras, of, um, the Vaqueras and the MLFN have uh, basically uh, were able to sponsor us as well. So thank you to them. And we're doing sponsorships with them on their um, broadcast week to week with the Vaqueras of Monterey. So I really appreciate uh, them for doing that and helping us out with our brand as well to grow it up and to uh, increase our sales as well. So I really appreciate them making the effort there. Uh, There's a couple articles on the hub. If you haven't gone to the XFL reaches multi-year agreement with ESPN and Fox, ABC will broadcast the league's first game and Fox will have games on Saturday and Sunday during the XFL's opening weekend. ESPN will show the XFL 2020 championship 
on April 26th. So it's a huge deal. Uh, given what happened with the AAF, a lot of people are getting excited over the XFL and whether this is going to be a different XFL than the first uh, run that uh, Vince McMahon did. We'll see how that pans out. But it looks like this is going to be a better setup for them. We'll see how competitive they're going to be versus the NFL. Uh, whether they'll survive is the question. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, you get the APnews.com uh, article there in terms of the XFL reaching a multi-year agreement with ESPN and Fox. So that's a great news for them in terms of exposure. Um, you also had the operation NFL.com had the NFL Women's Career and Football Forum. Um, nine NFL teams have hired women through the Careers and Forum, and that number continues to grow in 2019. So uh, you can read the article there about how they're expanding opportunities for women in the NFL. So it's a pretty cool article. You can take advantage of that. We also have uh, an article that was done by uh, Double Coverage in the U.K. It was concerning um, uh, British superstar Gabby Knopps returning from injury, had a, a early injury there against in Los Angeles game, and so she's kind of recovering from that. So this is going to be a huge uh, lift for the Majestics coming up here next week, uh, this coming weekend against the San Diego Surge. And if she's healthy, could be the big difference there for the Majestics. So uh, check out the article, Brit Ball Abroad, Knobs returns from injury as Majestics move to 3-1. and one. Pretty cool article there. The other article on there, theathletic.com, uh, can women coach? Uh, hell yeah. Buccaneers Bruce Arians supports diversity in football hiring. Check out the article there. It's a pretty cool article. And, uh, of course, women can coach. It's just not, not a difference there. Um, so it's just a matter of opportunities, of course. And Bruce Arians is one of those people that's given the opportunities. Um, uh, Coach Lori uh, Locus uh, also up there in Tampa Bay. Um, so, and then obviously Jen Walter before that, Jennifer King, the AAF. So there's, uh, you know, there is no question there. Women can coach. So check out the article there. Uh, it's by theathletic.com. And that's a pretty cool article there. Uh, let's go to uh, WFL. Talk about the V Queens because this team just is unstoppable right now. Uh, v Queens in the W in the WFL. We got to talk about that as well. Showing no mercy for others. Uh, v Queens crush the Rangers, the Merida, 72 to zero in week four of action, keeping the undefeated, uh, keeping them undefeated and without having any zero points against them in the whole year. So they've shut out everybody. Uh, so the V Queens are set to follow the crushing you know, crushing everybody in their path. So at the Olympic Stadium of Saltillo, you witness once again the powerful purple attack uh, make its own uh, way in. Gabriela Mata and Valeria Contreras just literally dominated offensively, uh, left no chance of anything for the other opponents. The defense back there at all times uh, basically kept the uh, uh, Rangers really in, in check with the result. Those led by head coach uh, Francisco Rodriguez, who accumulates 254 points in favor of zero against him for the season, which is an impressive number. Troyanas is the next opponent for the V-Queens coming up Saturday, May 18th. The clash of week five will take place, um, and we'll see how that pans out. But so far, uh, Queens in 2019, they sh shut out uh, Petrotas, the Patriots, 68-0 to in week one, 79-0 against the Cowgirls. In week two, 35 to zero against the Cowgirls again in week three, and then uh, taking care of um, V Queen 72 against the Rangers. It's just an impressive, impressive uh, method of football that they're playing out there in Saltillo. 
So congratulations to the uh, V-Queens. Runners up last year to the Red Devils. Uh, I think they got a chip on their shoulders. You can get the article there and read it up on Vanguardia.mx. Vanguardia.mx, and we appreciate them for giving us the articles as well. A uh, lot of stuff to cover there. You get the two articles from the WWCFL as well uh, coming up there. Um, and then you also get uh, the Bra Brazilian championship that's going to be coming up in the next week here as well. So if you miss the game, uh, if you miss the, the entire game, you can go back to uh, DC Divas football, DC Divas uh, football. You can watch the DC Divas taking on the uh, Tampa Bay Inferno. One of the big moves there was uh, Deja Scott lighting it up. St. James with one of her five touchdowns on the night. And you can catch it there. Like I said, go follow DC Divas. We shared the video there. Pretty impressive uh, night for them. The other impressive team, as we talked about with Wayne, the Slam, the back-to-back -back champion Slam 4-0, continued its undefeated streak with a road win against the Iowa Phoenix. Uh, slam defense is shutting down opponents just weekly, 77-0. You can see they're um, posted on their Facebook page making a statement, 77-0, sort of brutal at this point pretty brutal and so they keep it rolling and they're gonna have fun considering they've already had fun this whole season <laughs> uh it's gonna be pretty awesome there um we also had shared some uh some cool um photos that was sent to us by the capital district minor football association which is uh what started in 2019 over in uh, in alberta so the capital the capital district minor football association formed a new female midget division which is ages 15 to 17 the league with the help of the wwcfl edmonton storm helps to promote females playing football in a league that is their own similar to the utah girls football league uh and every other league that we have in the states as well and the manitoba girls football association so congratulations to the girls out there they're doing a great job um this is their weekend i believe and this is coming up uh their uh uh I think their weekend's coming up with the playoffs next week. So next week we'll keep tabs on that. And as soon as they upload what that, we will share it out for you guys as well. So congratulations to all the girls out there playing in the Capital District Minor Football Association in Canada. Great job out there. And if you missed any of the uh, action from the WFL, you got some cool live video and live replay of the second half. Uh, the final week four, it was Troyanas edging the Red Devils 18-12. to 12. The champions really struggling the last two weeks, and Troyana's really looking forward to that clash with the V-Queens, so we'll see how that's going to turn out. You also get the uh, live second-half coverage of the game that we just talked about right now, week four, Chitaras, Tescado, uh, Amazon's 24-19. So that's the game that you want to watch there as well. And then you also get the Guam Women's uh, Tackle Football League that launched this, this past weekend. So we got the uh, feedback and recap from Guam Sports Network. And so it's a pretty good weekend for Team Legacy, once again, having a great impact in terms of this year as well. So um, Team Legacy really Saturday afternoon featured a game of the uh, kickoff season of the 2019 season in Guam. A clutch performance from Team Legacy's Jelana Garcia to turn a 26-20 deficit into a 32-26 victory against their rivals, the Island Stunners, were just another good afternoon in the office for Garcia, delivering the moments her team needed her the most. Stunners were celebrating a 20-yard touchdown catch by T.J. Rodriguez as they put seven-time defending champions against the ropes. 
Legacy didn't buckle, using a 37-yard touchdown run from Garcia to tie the game, only to be topped by a game-breaking 40-yard run to take the lead. I guess I'll just play with my heart, said Garcia, on where she finds the drive to finish games. The score doesn't matter. We can't give up no matter what we think the outcome is going to be. We have to play our game at all times, unquote. Garcia's final run required breaking three tackles while duking it out safety Danielle Vaughn at the 20-yard line that garnered the biggest crowd reaction on the day. I saw Danielle already walk, uh, waiting for me, but my first move, and then she was sitting up to tackle me at that point, uh, just a matter of hitting the cut at the last second to get around her, unquote, said Garcia on the big move. So the Wendy's players of the game was Olivia Flores, Elliott, and Jelana Garcia. Both teams had to fight through in-game injuries, which prolonged the game under the grueling sun, which went from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. The most notable injury was Team Legacy's defensive back, Sierra Ariola, who injured her ankle early in the first quarter. The team was already without key players, uh, Dana Benavente, on the day, and losing Ariola was a big blow for their defense. Flores Elliott provided plenty of big uh, runs, but none bigger than a 15-yard touchdown early in the fourth quarter to go up 20-18. to 18. The back-and-forth against the Stunners was expected by Legacy, given the nature of the leagues, to improve in talent each season. And then the recap here, the Stunners struck first blood with a 72-yard uh, run by Vaughn on their opening drive. Legacy responded immediately after with a 42-yard run by Garcia on either team were able to convert on their two-point conversions, leaving six all-game in the first. Rodriguez added her first score on a 52-yard catch and run before the halftime, putting the Stunners up 12-6. to Garcia at her second touchdown of the day early in the third to, from a 21 yards out to the game at 12. But Flores Elliott pushed in a, con- a conversion to give her team a 14-12 lead. Vaughn and, J- and Lanny Jackson cashed uh, legacy with big runs to set up a late third quarter score from Vaughn to once again take the lead 18-14. to uh, Flores Elliott's touchdown to open the fourth briefly gave legacy back the lead until Rodriguez hauled in a 20-yard score. Garcia refused to be denied with a 37-yard run, and Legacy got the ball back on the following position thanks to a fumble forced by Jessica uh, Taitago. Uh, other scores in the morning, uh, also as much entertainment with Sindaloo Raiders beating the SB Saints 24-18. to So that was basically the uh, weekend in Guam, and I want to thank uh, Guam Sports Network for covering that and giving us uh, feedback as well. So the season kickoff ended in a familiar way. Clutch performance from Team Legacy, Jelana Garcia, to turn a 26-20 deficit into a 32-26 victory against Rivals Island Stunners. So a lot of action happening overseas. Uh, FX Mexico as well is uh, happening right now. Uh, we'll get you the rundown and the lowdown on FXX Mexico as it comes down. Lexpo Week 1 started this past weekend. Um, there's a couple uh, photos there of the Lexpo weekend that just kicked off this past weekend so we'll get you up to date as well on the lexfa um, scenario that's happening going forward here interleague play between fx mexico and lexfa started this week too so as soon as uh, we get that photos up and running we'll see how that turns out but a lot of the teams between lexfa and fx mexico really awesome in terms of matchups and don't forget to take a look at tercer cuarto our partner out there networking with us uh, Tercer Cuarto had interviews today with uh, um, LaFay uh, Championship uh, running back and all-world running back uh, Andrea Romero and also Diana Cardenas, the wide receiver and linebacker of the Vaqueros. So you can catch the replay there on Tercer Cuarto. Just follow them. 
Uh, we'll be up linking that as well. And you get a nice profile of Andrea Romero, officially from her Facebook page. Um, so pretty cool profile that Tusser uh, Quarto and Photos underscore MX did for her. So really awesome spotlight on one of the best uh, running backs probably in the world at this point, and deservingly so. And like I said, Yarda20, appreciate them for helping us out and giving us the insight to all that. We'll keep tabs on everything that's going on in the women's game. Obviously, if you go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash square and beauties, get the results from Lexpo week one as well. Uh, week one in Lexpo was started off and kicked off. So there's a lot of scores that we posted up there. We'll get uh, in terms of the week two matchup in interleague play between FX Mexico and Lexpo. So it's been a great weekend so far. Uh, don't forget to catch Access 7 this weekend. Access 7 launches, so you're going to get to see the great matchup that happened, the Manitoba Fearless upset of the Regina Riot on Access 7. So as soon as we get the link out there from the Riot or the Manitoba Fearless, catch it on this, this coming weekend, uh, WWCFL. It is week one, and you're going to get to see the upset that happened which was the uh, Regina Riot defeated by the uh, Manitoba Fearless this coming weekend. It's a huge matchup that's going to come up. Don't forget WNFC TV every week, week five coming up here, I mean uh, week six coming up here, and then you also have WFA as well. We'll get the links out to, to the various teams that have the videos, uh, like DC Divas and Boston Renegades, a couple of the few teams. Uh, you also have Cali War putting up a video as well with uh, PDX. So take a look at that, and then we'll link it up as well. So really appreciate you guys uh, diving into our podcast. Uh, I want to thank Zazzle.com, like I said before, for always helping us out and sponsoring us as well. And great, great efforts uh, by everybody sharing, commenting, and doing their part on our Facebook page. We are literally almost at 7,000. We are almost 80, 80 people, 80 likes from 7,000. That means uh, once we reach 7,000, it's going to take us to 22,000 uh, overall on our social media platforms. So I really appreciate that, including uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Snapchat. So if you want to be part of the uh, program or the podcast, you want to be interviewed here, uh, just chime us in, direct messages. We reach out to everybody. Um, coming in Tuesdays, every Tuesday is pretty awesome. And we're here, and we usually have our co-hosts this week. We don't have them, but usually we have Troy Wilson here, Holly Custis, Hall of Famers, uh, Louise Bean and as well as the salty one, uh, Mackenzie Brooks, that always comes into the house here to talk about women's American football, talk about NFL as well. We didn't dive into NFL at this point. Next week, we'll start diving into the offseason news and notes in terms of what's going on in the NFL. But for the most part, we're overwhelmed is the word. We are overwhelmed with um, women's American football all over the globe. So uh, Guam season just kicked off week one, and then we have Lexpro week one. We have FX Mexico week four. Uh, we have IWFA week one. FX, uh, FXFL in Texas is going to have the playoffs. Uh, we have Canada week two coming up as well. The Maritime, we should be checking on them uh, in about a week or two here. Then we are going to be in Brazil for week two this, this next weekend. We have week eight in Sweden. Uh, we're going to come up to the Maple Series here in the middle of uh, – I believe May. So that'll be uh, in terms of the Maple Series, the SAJL in Finland. Um, and how I keep tabs of all this alphabets is, is because I've already kind of done it for nine years. So um, if you don't know what we're all about, Google us. 
Google or Bing us at Gridiron Beauty. It's pretty simple. If you don't know what we're all about, go to Google, Chrome, or go to Bing or Microsoft or wherever you're going to get your search engine or Yahoo. Uh, just plug in Gridiron Beauties and you'll know what we're all about. Uh, the best podcast on the planet, talking women's American football weekly for six years running. Thank you to Block Talk Radio and thank you to Zazzle.com for sponsoring us to bring awareness to the sport that women do play American football and their game is no joke football. It's pretty simple as that. So if you want to help us, uh, go to the hub, especially this Mother's Day weekend. Hope you get something for your mom. Don't forget, it's going to be at Zazzle.com for a size great on beauties. If you don't want to get anything from our shop, no big deal. Just check out what the uh, great deals that they have for Mother's Day as well at Zazzle.com. Support the podcast. And if you haven't given us a review yet, Really, would really appreciate it. Go to Apple Podcasts, follow our link. Uh, hopefully, we provided you with a great four or five-star entertainment value. Uh, give us a good rating there, if possible. You can also go to TuneIn or Google Cast or Player FM, uh, as well as you can rate our uh, page on Facebook at The Hub. So give us some feedback as well. So really appreciate everybody sharing and, and doing all that they can for that. So a lot of actions coming up this this next weekend. Just a huge slate of games in the WNFC, WFA, primarily if you follow here in the States, but there are a lot of, a lot of games happening in Canada with WWCFL, Guam as well, and then obviously Brazil and Mexico, all of it happening all over the globe, and we're covering it because that's what we do. The best on the planet right there at the hub at Facebook.com. We're very, very proud to do it. We really appreciate everybody networking with us and getting us all that information. So try to cover the best athletes, the best teams in every league on the planet because that's what we want to do. We want to showcase the most elite athletes on the planet in terms of women's American football. And that way everybody's aware that there are women and they play no joke football globally. That's what it, that's where we're at. All right. So let's dive into uh, FX Mexico here. Um, we didn't dive into last week. But we'll dive into here in the last couple minutes. So uh, FFX Mexico started week one. The Raiders uh, 12 to eight against the Sharks. Uh, Condores 19 uh, lose 27-19 over Vietnamitas. The Rockets lose to the Bulldogs 25 to 12. Then you had the 18 to six Jaguars take care of the Panthers. Uh, Vikingos seven and 38 the Toros. You have week two. Uh, also, it happened in uh, Delfinas. The Dolphins lose to Condores, uh, 30 to 7. You also had Vietnamitas, uh, 25 to 6 over the Toros. The Demons uh, fall to the Rockets, 18 to 13, 18 to 7. The Aggies take care of the Bulldogs, and then you have the Raiders defeating the Jaguars, uh, 30 to 21. A great matchup there. We had the link uh, last weekend on that. You can check it out on the feed. Um, and then 27 to 12, Panthers and uh, versus Leonas. Um, you have week three matchups, mostly D3 and D2, but, excuse me, they have three tiers, uh, D1, D2, and D3. Vietnamitas, 47-6 over the Vikingos. Toros, 14-8 over uh, Dolphins. Aggies, 27-7 over the Demons. Bulldogs, 36, uh, fall, 36-0 over Leonas. Then you have 26 Raiders, 12 Panthers. And then you also have 54-0, the Sharks, taking on Leonas. And the power rankings, through three weeks, you have uh, D1, the Extraordinarius, Raiders undefeated 3-0, and giving up about 41 points a game. Sharks 1-1, and giving up about 12 points a game. 
Jaguars one and one, uh, giving about 36 points a game, and then Panthers one and one, giving about 50 points a game. So Panthers kind of struggling, putting up 45 and actually giving up 50. Not a good sign there going forward. Leonas zero and two, they're giving up about 79 points and only scoring 12, which is a bad sign for them. D2 Aggies two and zero, giving up about 14 points a game. They're putting up 40. Uh, Leonas AC one and zero, 36 to zero. They've shut out uh, their whole teams through the three weeks. Rockets one and one, giving up 30 um, and allowing 38. It's kind of a struggling uh, offense there. Bulldogs one and two. Demon, Demons 0 and 2. And in D3, Vietnamitas 3 and 0. And then Toros 2 and 1. Condores 1 and 1. Delfinas 0 and 2. And Vikingos 0 and 2. And if you need to get the lowdown, you go to uh, Football Extremo Femenil. To Football Extremo Femenil on Facebook. Or you can just uh, check out the link when we post it on our page at the hub at facebook.com forward slash So really awesome. And then you're going to have interleague play between FX Mexico and Lexfa this coming weekend. Uh, you had interleague play. It was Aztecas 47 to 18 over the Rangers. It was the uh, Panthers 32 to 25 over Avengers. You had the Sharks defeating the Cowgirls 21 to 12. You had um, the Leonas AC 26 fall. 31-26 to Harley Quinn of Lexfa. Uh, Rockets, 45-6 over Vikingos. Uh, Raiders, 31-6 over Thunder Girls. Jaguars, 25-6 over Toxic Girls. Leonis, 20-18 over Stur- Stormtroopers. Toros fall 18-0 to the Heartbreakers. Uh, it was uh, the Dolphins falling 34-6 over the Boregas. Valkyrias, 34-6 over Demons. Um, and then you got Vietnamitas. Uh, 29-12 over Cardinals. So really uh, a mutual arrangement was made between Lexfa and FX Mexico in a similar format that you would have had maybe an arrangement made here, uh, maybe going forward, as Wayne has alluded to uh, in the interview, that maybe we should have, you know, the champion of the WFA meet the champion of the WNFC. Um, This is not happening in Mexico yet, but it is happening with interleague play between – a couple weeks of interleague play between the two leagues, the two top leagues in the country. Uh, Lexfa uh, has, you know, regional uh, sub leagues in the Northern side, uh, as well as the Bajo side. And then FX Mexico just branched out this past year to the Northern side. So there's going to be, you know, branches there. And you also have all the other leagues, La Fai, you have all the other leagues that are existing in Monterey and all that. So there's still a lot of, things to cover in terms of the leagues coming together they're all their goal is basically to get the best athletes in mexico getting ready for that 2021 ifab world championship so that's the goal is to try to get as many talented young ladies that are playing american football in all regions of mexico because their next goal is obviously to elevate their game not get a bronze but maybe get a silver or compete for a gold and it could be possible. They have a lot of talent there, a lot of young talent that we've talked about on the podcast before. A lot of girls in Mexico between 15 and 21 really dived into a, a women's American football in terms of playing it. So it's a great sign for them in terms of their international scope as well as their national team. So really great uh, effort there by the coaches. Uh, coach Giovanni, uh, who was the coach for uh, the national team, uh, pretty cool video that came out 
Uh, he's part of Mexico of the uh, LFPA in Mexico, the Pro League. So they did a profile on him. Pretty cool, awesome video. So you can check it out. Check it out as well. Um, I usually have it on my on my personal page, but we'll try to dive it in in terms of our Facebook page as well. So if you have any any issues, any concerns, or anything to do with uh, anything that you want us to put out, always direct message us. We'll chime in. We're always kind of busy, but we'll try to get back to you as soon as we can. And then, uh, you know, we will go from there. But if you miss anything or if you want a recall of what we just talked about in the last two hours, no big deal. You go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Great Beauties, and you get everything there that's happening in the women's game internationally as well as domestically. So really awesome. And our team does a great job. We really appreciate you guys supporting us. And like I said, thanks to Zazzle and also Block Talk Radio and now to Apple Podcasts for helping us out. So it's a great platform to have. And we're here weekly, every week. So uh, check us out and make sure you share it. Share it on uh, your posts. Share it on your pages. Get the word out as well. So really, really good action happening here. So before we get out of here, let's dissect here. We're going to have week six, especially here in the States. Let me get my my notes here down. So this week in the Legends Football League, we have uh, week four on YouTube, Austin Acoustic taking on the Chicago Bliss. That'll be on YouTube on May 11th. And then this weekend, uh, it's going to be in Seattle at the uh, Seattle Mist, taking on the Omaha Heart. And that's going to be Legends uh, South Play in the United States. And then we go to WFA. Let me get my notes here. So let's do this. Uh, WFA. There we go. WFA week six. We're looking forward to St. Louis taking on Kansas City this weekend. Dallas against Arlington. And then we have Sin City against Cali War, kind of a matchup there. Number one D3 team in the na- in the nation taking on Cali War. D2, New York Wolves will be taking on Baltimore Nighthawks. Baltimore looking to rebound. New York looking for uh, also a rebound win. Both teams just looking for a win here. Pittsburgh against Cleveland. Cleveland coming off that last, uh, last week's loss. Pittsburgh coming off that week high. Uh, Columbus uh, coming off that massive win against Cincinnati Sizzle. Minnesota against Wisconsin. Wisconsin has won two in a row. Minnesota's literally won two in a row. So who's going to be the better squad here in terms of the rivalry? Uh, Detroit, really on a roll here. They take on Toledo. And then you have Mile High Blaze taking on the Rocky Mountain Thunder. Our girl out there, uh, Shea Smooth. Uh, Lori Jones doing her thing at QB. So uh, check it out there. Um, And then it's going to be D3. Connecticut Hawks taking on Philly Phantoms. We'll see if Philadelphia can rebound here, and we'll see if the Hawks are up to the test against the Philly Phantoms uh, in D3. You also have the uh, Orlando Anarchy, the champions, taking on the Miami Fury. We'll see how that turns out. But Miami, uh, Orlando's on a roll here, so I doubt that that's going to be any different, but we'll see. And then it's Minis- uh, Mississippi Royalty taking on Mississippi Panthers. In terms of the D3 picture there, you have uh, WNFC as well coming up. Let me just get my notes here. Uh, I misplaced those. There we are. Okay. So we have WNFC coming up. Big clashes this weekend as well. Uh, you have Al- Atlanta against Alabama coming up this weekend. Nebraska versus Texas. Um, so that's going to be a big clash. And then you also have the rubber match of the Seattle Majestics taking on the uh, San Diego Surge. That's going to be a great matchup, so you don't want to miss that at all. So it's a good good matchup that's coming up this, this next weekend. So um, check it out. 
we'll have the updates there. But if you want to watch it live, go to WNFC TV, as well as we'll have the links to all the WFA action that's happening as well. So uh, for uh, Oscar Lopez, for the absent Troy Wilson, uh, Luis Bean, Holly Custis, and the Salty one, Mackenzie Brooks, we'll catch you here next week on another edition of the Gridiron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Cast, and uh, Player FM. Have a great evening. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.